everybody, and welcome to Monmouth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and every week during the academic year, I sit down with members of the Monmouth College community to talk to them about their interests, what they do, and things they've done. In this 23rd edition of Monmouth College Conversations for the 2022-2023 school year, we're going to dip into the archives of WPFS-FM. That's Mama's student-run radio station, Proud Fighting Scotch Radio. We're going to listen to a 2018 interview that Mammoth Communications Studies professor Chris Goble did with 2012 Mammoth alumnus Ross Donnan. And if you watch NBC's show The Voice, you might better know Ross as Ross Clayton. Ross Clayton, the stage name of Mammoth alumnus Ross Donnan of the class of 2012, receive a four-chair reception for his performance. If you don't know what a four-chair reception means, it's a bit like getting a perfect score, and it meant that Ross got to advance in the show. My co-worker Barry McNamara wrote a great story about Ross's musical journey, the story was published in early March, and you can read it in the News and Events section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu news. Back in fall of 2018, Monmouth College Communication Studies faculty member Chris Goble, who's also the advisor to Monmouth's student-run radio station, WPFS, interviewed Ross on the radio station's program, Backstage Pass. Ross talked about his music, his influences, and his musical plans. The interview also includes several of Ross's songs. We're going to play that interview for this week's podcast. It's a chance to hear Ross before life on The Voice. Welcome to Backstage Pass, the show dedicated to new and upcoming artists and their music. My name is Chris Goble. I'm the faculty advisor for WPFS. And with me today is Ross Clayton of the Ross Clayton Band and a 2012 alum, comm studies major, all sorts of stuff up here. Ross, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on the show. I'm good, Chris. I'm glad to be here. Well, great. Let's uh, let's get right to it. Why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about um, the Ross Clayton Band and your music and um, all that sort of good stuff. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, it really it really started at Monmouth. Uh, I mean, the Ross Clayton band didn't, but um, you know, I got a lot of my my first performing credits at Monmouth at you know at the talent shows and uh, you know any chance in a frat house dorm room when I could play Wonderwall, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, Were you arguing with yourself like? Uh... The band, it's like the Oasis, because if you were on your own singing Wonderwall, did you argue with yourself or no? Uh, yeah, all the okay. time. Okay, all right, sure. All the time. I mean, you got to get any any chance you can get into practice to make it sound authentic, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, but I I was in a uh, I was in a little trio in Monmouth. Um, I think we called ourselves Buckshot Trio or some you know inherently uh, country redneck thing to sound more like a country band, but, uh, it was a lot of fun with a couple of guys. They, they were sig ups and, um, we jammed there and that, that's kind of where it started. I've always been a big fan of country music and, um, uh, you know, the culture in Monmouth and, uh, the surrounding area, 
is uh, is very much that dynamic. So so it really fit well, and that's kind of where I found my voice. Um, was at Monmouth and left and and went to Chicago, uh, where I'm from originally, and you know just started playing out. Found a band there and and started playing out a lot. And um, but I, I really attribute a lot of my success or, or my influence and, and where I got my start to, to, to Monmouth. Were you playing, oh, sorry. Were you playing much before you were here? Like, were you doing some like in high school before or did it kind of just all start when you got into college? It kind of all started when I got into college. I was in, uh, I was in a musical, um, in high school and, uh, and that's where I finally, I, I like found out that I could hold a tune because uh, they gave me this leading role that I didn't even audition for. And um, and I kind of found out that, that I I could hold a tune, I could sing a little bit. And, and then freshman year, one of my uh, one of my best friends from college, Zach Goodman, um, he had a guitar that he wasn't using. And he uh, he brought it. He brought it to the house. And, and I just started learning, learning how to play and learning how to play different songs. And um, like I said, I was always a big big country fan i grew up on on that so um so yeah it just kind of took off from there well I know, yeah i know you said you're from the chicagoland area so that kind of brings us to uh the first song that we're going to play hometown and it's really one of those kind of small town feel songs that's kind of key in country music you know you have or lots of different kind of music like mellencamp small town my town montgomery gentry what what brought you to that song being someone from Chicago, um, but a country music fan, what kind of brought you to, um, that hometown song? Yeah, well, um, I co-wrote that song with, uh, with a buddy of mine here in Oklahoma. Um, and, and he, he kind of came up with the chorus and it was very, very heavily influenced by his, um, by his hometown, Guthrie, Oklahoma, which is much more, that small town kind of feel that the song has, but I, I put in a, a, a few things in the song that, um, that could sort of apply to, to whatever your hometown is. Um, and that's what that kind of drew me to it because as much as the song plays off of that small town country feel, there's some things in there that, that, um, work kind of cross-functionally, you know, that, that you can apply to wherever your hometown is. Um, you know, whether it's Chicago or, uh, or Guthrie, Oklahoma, you know, there, there's some things that kind of apply to everybody. So, well, great. Well, let's uh, take everybody to their hometown through uh, your song, Hometown, uh, from Ross Clayton Band right here on WPFS. Boys and me grab our girls as we head into town. Open up Main Street, see who's hanging around.
mentioned that, uh, you know, you've kind of liked country music for a long time. What kind of pushed you towards that genre as a music type you had picked to play? What about it um, speaks to you? Um, you know, it, a couple things. Um, I, I grew up listening to it, and, and so I knew, you know, all the words to, to all the classics, and that, that kind of gave me a head start I felt like I was like well I'm already a little bit ahead in this one but um you know because I but but I also draw uh, influence from a lot of different places but um my voice lends itself it's sort of a deeper register so it lends itself to to um that genre and my storytelling my songwriting kind of form just sort of molded itself to to that that genre um and and just the i don't know the the way that that i see country music um that it gets kind of misconstrued in in public opinion um where it's kind of crying my beer kick my dog kind of stuff (laughs) um it really is is not so much that as it is uh being able to tell a story about everyday struggles middle class people going through everyday stuff um that people connect to and not so much the you know we've kind of gotten away from that in top 40 country now and and i'm guilty of it as well but you know sitting on the tailgate drinking a cold beer uh kind of the same song over and over um but but what drew me to it was that storytelling aspect of uh real world kind of real life struggles that people go through and that you can find in a lot of genres but um it's the way that country music and the steel guitar and the instruments kind of, they kind of write the song for you as well and, and add it like another voice to it. And it was just the whole, that whole aura of the music um, that really drew me to it. We were talking about storytelling and stuff. Are there certain um, artists like musicians, storytellers um, that have influenced you? Um, Where do you think like what you do uh, comes from? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of different influences. Um, from the storytelling side of things um right now one of my biggest is uh, jason isbell and uh he is just a phenomenal songwriter um he's been around for a long time writing songs for um 
some some more rock and roll red dirt type country bands like the drive-by truckers and and stuff like that but um, over the last probably 10 or 12 years he's um he's gone out on his own and he i think is one of the most prolific songwriters um not just of our generation but of any generation um but you know one of my bigger influences uh uh growing up was bob seger and um and he it's not necessarily country, although it does sort of cross over into that. Um, and a lot of his stuff, uh, those songs and he, you know, he co-wrote a lot of them and, 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 um, some of them he, he maybe didn't write, but, um, but the way he chooses to sing them and the ones that he did write just have such a good flow to them. You know, they always, they always have a, a beginning, middle end and, uh, are just very, uh, wholesome and, and that he he was probably one of my my bigger influences growing up, trying to follow uh, his story arcs in in songs. And, uh, but like I said earlier, you know my my influences come from all over the place. Uh, and I was going to ask you, is there like an artist or a style of music you love that people who listen to your music might be surprised that uh, you would be into that, or that you would listen to that? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my probably one of my favorite bands in the world um it's called they're, they're called coheed and cambria and uh they came around in uh 2000 2001 and um and it's very uh like emo um <laughs> you're not exactly um, the emo guy so that would surprise <laughs> me too <laughs> no oh <laughs> uh, when i'm alone maybe but <laughs> uh no it, it's just something that uh that I listened to growing up, I, you know, I, everybody has their emo phase and, uh, that kind of, that kind of stuck around. I've got a number of, of Kogi tattoos and, um, yeah. So that, that's one that I think people, uh, might kind of, kind of take sideways and <laughs> be like, huh? I don't. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's do another song. Um, your song, uh, live it out loud kind of feels like, you know, and, an autobiography for everybody because we've all kind of like an autobiography for that path that someone might go on. Um, and I wondered, is it kind of autobiographical? I'm, uh, you know, or at least in part, I'm not sure if you wrote this one with somebody or um, this one. No, I, years. I wrote this one all by myself. Because um, it sort of felt like that because it kind of felt like this was you telling your story and your journey after graduation, uh, moving around and finding, you know, your your choice to uh, take a path where you were working on music. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about where the song came from and then we'll take a listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you kind of, you hit the nail on the head. Um, it, it, it's not obviously my, my whole journey, um, but it was one that uh, I did. I started writing it uh, after I left college and um, it's, it's a lot about uh, getting into the music scene and, and, um, you know, when you, when you start playing and you start playing bigger shows and, um, nobody really knows who you are and, and you can, you know, brag about yourself all you want on social media and, and, uh, up on stage and people, people really want to hear songs that they already know, especially when you're out at a bar or you're playing a club gig or something like that. So it's, um, you find it difficult to, to find, an audience that wants to listen to, to your original stuff. Um, and, and that frustrated me because I had so much original work 
but if I had just played that, nobody would stay out on the dance floor or want to party with us. And even though some of my stuff was a little more rock and roll and rowdy and fun, if they don't know it, um, it's tough to sing along and, um, or you just find less people are willing to do that. And so that was one of my frustrations and it kind of crossed over into everyday life is, um, you know, and, and that's how I kind of related it to, to everyone, uh, is that people are always sort of trying to tell you what to do and where to be and, um, you know, how to wear your hair or whatever. And, um, uh, it just pisses me off, <laughs> you know, and, and I think everybody should find their own way to do that and, and do what makes them happy. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of what the, the voice or the story of the song is about, um, you know, mixed in with some of my own experiences playing in bars and it takes a toll on you, you know, not playing your music. One of those, one of the lines in the songs is, um, and I was living the life that I was singing about, um, you know, which is always a lot of party songs and, uh, drinking songs and stuff like that, that you actually start to kind of emulate those songs and, um, and it, it's not good for your health. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was one of the aspects to it too. So, well, great. Let's take a listen. Live it out loud from Ross Clayton.
Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Office of Communications and Marketing. You've been listening to an October 2018 interview between Monmouth faculty member Chris Goble and 2012 alumnus Ross Donnan, better known as Ross Clayton. They recorded the interview for WPFS radio show Backstage Pass. Before we get back to their conversation, a reminder that the annual Monmouth College Chorale Home Concert will be this Saturday, March 18th. The Monmouth College Chorale recently toured the Rocky Mountain region during spring break earlier in March. Their home concert, which is always a great Monmouth tradition, will get underway at 7.30 in the evening on Saturday, March 18th. And of course, it will be in Monmouth's stately Doll Chapel and Auditorium. The concert is free and open to the public, but of course every fine arts group very much appreciates a goodwill offering. For more information about the concert, check out the events calendar in the news and events section of the Monmouth College website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu news. Now let's get back to Chris Goebel's interview of Ross Clayton from October 2018 for the WPFS radio show, Backstage Pass. Thanks for sticking around with us on the Backstage Pass. Uh, Ross Clayton's still here with us. Uh, you know, why don't you just tell me, what do you think like your favorite moment has been so far, or what your biggest accomplishment has been so far um, with your music? Uh, my biggest accomplishment um, so far would be uh, last year I had a song on country radio that got to, um, it climbed from, number 211 all the way up to number 42 um, and over the course of about 12 weeks, um, which got me a little bit of um, a little bit of notoriety uh, down in Nashville. Um, and, and I got to go on a little tour around, uh, around Nashville, Arkansas, um, you know, obviously Oklahoma, Missouri, Texas, uh, and uh, playing that song and promoting it, and, um, you know, that was the the farthest any of my songs have gone. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a, a chart topper, but uh, yet, <laughs> but um, but but that was a lot of fun watching it. You know, following it over the weeks and, and watching it climb and just increase increase spins on on radio stations all around the world. It was it was pretty crazy. What do you think the biggest challenge has been so far? Uh, the biggest challenge is, you know, I struggle with, uh, social media. Um, I don't, I don't really take to it that well. Um, 
And so one of the things yeah, I met with several, several labels and publishing companies while I was in Nashville and my one, uh, you know, my Achilles heel in every one of those meetings was my social media presence. Um, and, and I know it, it, it's not like a, it's very much a first world problem. Like, Oh, my Facebook sucks, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. but, uh, in the industry, um, it's, it's really what it's all about now because it's such a, a instant gratification sort of a world that we live in that, you know, labels don't want to do the hard work anymore. They want to know that, that you've got a following of, uh, you know, 15, 20,000 plus people that when you release a song or a video or announce a tour, that there's going to be guaranteed ticket sales there because people are following you for your music and they are active on your social media and staying involved. And it really is, um, it really is the one thing that labels are, 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 I mean, it's right up there with how good is the song, you know? And, and that's why a lot of times you hear songs on the radio and you're like, what is this garbage? Why is it on the radio? <laughs> and you check him out on Facebook and he's got 1 million plus followers and you're like, Oh, okay. I get it. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it really is. Um, that's a struggle for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it comes to, to music. Well, I'm sure doing this show is going to pick you up tens of new followers. Hey, I'll take any of them I can get. Well, let's let's listen to one more of your songs. Um, this uh, is a new tune. You told me it hasn't been released yet. Trouble is, you know, I, I you know really like the hook of this song because it really does um, seem to be something that we've all experienced. This idea of moving on, and you don't want to move on. So, could you tell me a little bit more about um, the track "Trouble Is"? Yeah, uh, I, I co-wrote this one with my manager. Uh, Brad and uh, we were sitting down. He was visiting me in in Oklahoma and uh, sitting down and writing some songs. And, and he had this idea of you know when you when you lose your significant other uh, to a breakup or or whatever it is, um, you know it's you can move on and everybody tells you it'll be fine. You know, you can, you can move on, but you always, you always seem to lose a piece, you know? Um, and, and so it's kind of a conversation with yourself. The song is, um, that, you know, no matter how, how much you're trying to move on and, and, uh, how much you think you're moving on, sometimes it, um, you know, you're like, well, everything's going great, but the trouble is yeah. I still think about it, right. you know, times a day. And so it's kind of, the song is kind of a conversation with, um, with yourself about the fact that, uh, you know, you're trying to move on and, and things might be going good or they might not. Uh, but due to the nature of a breakup or whatever it is, uh, you lose a piece and, and, uh, it's troubling, you know, and you, think about it a lot so so yeah but yeah it's an unreleased track so um mm-hmm. you guys are the first to hear it uh shout out to my monmouth fam all right well great <laughs> let's take a let's take a listen to this uh, new song from ross clayton trouble is on the backstage pass when the last word said 
And you're left standing All alone Lost and empty handed Torn and scarred Love that's breaking Fell down so low Yeah, I just can't shake it Says you got a new love Better than the old love Trouble is, it's not me Back here with Ross Clayton on the backstage pass. Um, let's wrap this up. Where, where do you hope uh, you'll be here in five or ten years from now with your music? You know, um, I hope to just be improving upon my craft. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I feel selfish asking for much more than that. I'd love <laughs> to have a, a Grammy or whatever, but um, you know, I think the thing that would make me the happiest or, or most fulfilled would be to, um, just continue writing something that I think exceeds the last song, uh, either musically or lyrically or whatever it is. Um, 
that that's really all I want to accomplish out of this. It, it would be great to make a million dollars and be a number one songwriter, but uh, but I think if you if you take that approach, um, it may be less gratifying to yourself, you know, and and that, that's something I don't really want to sacrifice. Great. Well, we always ask this one thing at the end, and um, I'm going to ask it of you. Um, what has been like your biggest, we always say rock star, but country star, what has been like your biggest country star moment? You went on this tour, you did that. Have you had a moment where you really felt like, wow, I'm, I'm a star or some crazy thing that happened that seemed like a big rock star or country star kind of moment? Um, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got a few of those moments that I probably will have saved for, um, not, (laughs) not on the air. Okay. Not on the air. Um, although, you know, they're college kids, they, they get it. Um, but, uh, I think the one that, that will probably always stick with me was, was, it was a showcase that I had where a showcase is, uh, basically you bring in uh, a bunch of label representatives, publishing companies, and, um, I mean, we had people there from, uh, uh, from Sony, from Warner, from, uh, a bunch of different publishing companies. And it was really, really cool to see all these department heads and, um, people that are really ingrained in the, in the industry, um, uh, to be there and, and play and, and listen to six of my songs, um, you know, and actually, and give me applause and really give me a lot of positive feedback. And, uh, being in that room playing for, uh, for that level of, of industry clout, you know, was, was really nerve wracking, um, uh, which I expected from one of my bigger shows, you know, but, uh, it was, it really made me feel like, made me feel like I'm getting somewhere, um, which was a lot of fun. And, uh, the other one that, that I, I was trying to choose between which two moments, but the other one was, uh, you know, I got to sit down, I went to Nashville and got to sit down for a day with, um, Bill Luther, who is a, um, he's a number one hit songwriter in Nashville. He's made millions and millions of dollars and just this very eccentric over the top, lovely person. And, uh, I got to sit down and, and write a song the Nashville way with, uh, you know, with people that have made millions of dollars writing these songs and it was just uh, a tremendous experience getting to be in the room with, the, you know, and being a part of that process uh, was really cool. The song didn't end up going anywhere. It was a kick-ass song, but uh, <laughs> that's how it, I guess how it happens sometimes. Um, it's sitting in a filing cabinet somewhere. But uh, but this that experience, you know, feeling like I'm in the game, you know, yeah. feeling like I'm one of them was uh, just awesome. Well, that's great. Thanks, Ross, for doing this. Um, it's been great talking to you again, and we really need to get you back on campus here sometime. And uh, maybe hey, I would love or that. Be great. I, would, I would love that. My band here would. Uh, we'd love to come up and play a show. So if you and I can arrange that with you know somebody over in Student Life or or something like that, wow. uh, let me know. I'd I'd love to get up there and and play for y'all. That's Mammoth Communication Studies faculty member and WPFS FM advisor. Chris Goble. He was talking to 2012 alumnus Ross Donnan, better known as Ross Clayton, on NBC's The Voice. Their 2018 interview appeared on the WPFS show Backstage Pass. And don't forget, you can read more about Ross and the excellent article by my co-worker Barry McNamara. 
It's in the news and events section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu slash news. And that's going to be a wrap on this 23rd episode of Monmouth College Conversations. You can tell us what you think or add to the conversation by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put conversation in the subject line. Until our next conversation, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. Always be happy.